0: Welcome to another episode of Them Asperger's Yes. Yes. <laughs> Why are you laughing?
1: Nothing. Again? Yeah. Yes.
0: Why are you saying yes?
1: I don't know. Warrior.
0: Why are you saying warrior?
1: He says yes.
0: Alright. Um So. So. What's going on?
1: Um nothing really. What's going on with you? Uh
0: not a lot. Uh nothing too major, nothing too burgery. It's been a relatively simple week,
1: maybe. I don't know. You've had your interview.
0: I did. I did. Uh I hate interviews.
1: Yeah, I feel like that was quite burgery. That was quite
0: a... Yeah, it was kind of sprung on me too. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't really told it was coming. It just kind of happened. like The day before it was going to happen, they just told me it was... The next day it was going to be tomorrow. Um, at the same that though, I was... I couldn't have really prepared for it because I can't prepare for them anyway. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how anybody on the spectrum gets a job through the job interview process, uh, because it just, I don't know, I don't understand it. I think there needs needs to be some sort of, I don't know, something in place for those uh, on the spectrum if they want to do an interview. There must be, like, a different version of one that can be done. It seems weird that we all have to take the same same interview process as, like, an NT person would. Because it is... I think it is quite social, interviews. Yeah. I think it's quite a social thing, because yeah, you've got to have a conversation with someone. You've got to portray yourself a certain way. Um, and like I found with the one I had that it was, I was... You spend all your time like when people ask questions, trying to figure out what they're asking.
1: Yeah, like what they mean by whatever question they're asking you yeah because it's
0: not like a conversation where you're just talking to someone that you've just met and you know you're just chatting in general like stuff that doesn't really matter or you know what's going on with your day or that kind of thing this is like a each question everything you're talking about has like a different purpose or you know meets has to meet certain criteria or is like graded or has points or something you know so I spend all my time when I'm having interviews thinking what are they asking and why are they asking it and what are they really like what do they really mean what are they really looking for and I get too like weighed down with that that I um kind of lose what's going on yeah um because I'm not sure what they what they want you know um and yeah, I, I it's just it's that, and there's it's always you and like two people. There was two people at the one I did. Some guy asking questions, some guy writing down what's being asked. Um. And yeah, I uh, I feel like there should be something in place for those on the spectrum if they try and get a job, because yeah, interviews are the worst. Um, I don't think I've actually ever got a job through an interview. The area, I mean, the job I've got now, like I knew I knew the person that. Uh, was running the place, so I got in that way. And I think all my jobs that I've got a job, well, all the times I've got a job, is because I knew someone working there.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think um, I think it's the same as school. So you know how in school everyone is expected to learn the same way by being sat in a classroom and listening to a teacher, and essentially then the way you're tested on it is by an exam at the end yeah. for almost every topic. Yeah, I think. Uh, In the same way that that's a thing, um, that's what interviews are. Everyone's expected to do it the same way, regardless of how they learn or demonstrate. Because I know what you mean. I know you have a a thing that I agree with about how in an interview you can just lie. So it's not done on merit or past performance or what you've proven you can do. It's more just who can talk the best talk, which, yeah, it does seem odd
0: yeah um so we will see how that goes because especially for the interview i went for the job i know i can 100% do but uh i i find it weird that it's graded on the answers i gave and nothing else yeah. uh so a social you was know, well not social but I suppose, yeah i suppose like a social interaction with a person will determine whether or not I can do something but the fact that it's been proven I can do something doesn't matter it's how I socialize with one person yeah that'll affect whether I do it or not uh see so yeah, I just I find it difficult um for I don't know how anybody anybody in the spectrum gets a job uh, unless I guess you've got some sort of degree or qualification that's more important than how you interviewed or unless you just tell everyone you've got Asperger's before you get in the interview. Um.
1: I think it's also different depending on the type of job like the sort of job we're in which is retail I guess it is more about being personable that sort of thing Where, it, uh, whereas if you've got a degree and you're going for a job that's um, more academic I guess just showing that you have the knowledge is probably enough I don't know I would just imagine that showing that you've got the skill set and the knowledge there and just enjoy the subject that you're talking about is probably enough.
0: Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It's, um, we'll see. Uh, yeah, but that's it. That's all that's been going on Yes. this week for me. Uh, I did, we did have another classic yesterday of someone trying to use autism as a way of getting what they want, which I, uh, I enjoy. I don't enjoy it.
1: No, it's it kind of makes you feel conflicted because yeah, what we had was just someone tell us basically because we couldn't do something for them, uh, because we were following store policy and we couldn't. Uh, that we'd cause their child to have a meltdown because they're autistic and it's just not it's not a very nice thing to hear. It's difficult because. I don't, I, it felt like it wasn't, it didn't need to be said, and it just made, like, it made me feel uncomfortable.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, she did, It was. she did just come in and just sort of say, uh, my child's autistic, like, he's having a meltdown now. I think she asked me if I was happy about that. Yeah. Um, which, you know, it's just, like... It's it's just it's the policy, like it's it's the rules. Um, it's not us. It's not like I knew he was and just thought I fancy causing this kid a meltdown, uh, and because I understand Aspergers, I know how to do it. But she kind of said it in a like, I know that he, you know, I know that you've got rules to stick to, but because he's autistic, you don't have to stick to these rules, uh, and you need to make it special like allowances for this. Uh, and yeah, it was, it was odd. Uh, it's been a while since I've had someone try and use, well, try especially try to use their child's autism as a way to bend the rules of what they want. Um, and I'm always never sure when they do it to me whether to tell them I am as well. Uh, I always like when somebody straight away goes, well, he's autistic. So like you've, you've done this, or you've done that or he won't understand because he's got Asperger's. I do... Sometimes think, do I tell them about me? Uh, I've not done it yet. Although yesterday, I think I almost did.
1: You did almost, yeah. Yeah. It's the first time I've ever seen you almost do it. I was really surprised.
0: I was going to go, yeah, well, I also am autistic, so I understand. But there's nothing I can do at a store level. But yeah, I've never done it before. But I think at this point, I've kind of just had enough of people trying to use it with me assuming that I'm not as well uh just as a way to get what they want like I kind of feel like they're hoping that I'm neurotypical and that I have like a level of ignorance towards autism that I don't understand what it is or how it works and that by mentioning it to me I'll do what they want um so I just kind of, I've kind of got annoyed with it, which is kind of like the topic of today. Um, Is what it's it's kind of like myths about Aspergers or the misconceptions people have about what Aspergers is. Yeah, Um, and I kind of feel like this woman yesterday was hoping that I would have the. misconception of what it is and she was just going to throw it out there I felt like she threw it out there she used the word meltdown which not a lot of people not on the spectrum you know or have never really come in contact with anyone with autism know what a meltdown is uh and I felt like she just wanted to use it as a way to guilt me into doing what she wanted when really all I was doing was what my job was what I'm supposed to do um I've never understood when people do it because I just think well like I'm just somebody that works in a store Like, I'm paid just to do whatever the company says I'm supposed to do. Um, So I don't understand when people throw it my way. Like, I know that, like, because the company is, like, a big faceless thing that you can't really confront. uh, So they want to confront, I suppose, someone they can talk to. And, like, because we're, like, the people in the shop. It's us, it has to come to. But I swear, like, because I've worked in retail a long time. I've worked in retail... I don't know. It's been over like 10 years now. Well, yeah, probably well over 10 years. um But it's only recently. So it's only like in the last, I would say, three years where somebody's mentioned that somebody they know has got autism and that way I have to make like exceptions. But it's only like a recent thing. And it's always moms of children that do it. Um, I've never really had anyone say, I'm autistic, so can you do anything about this? It's never happened. I've never had someone that's actually on the spectrum tell me they're on the spectrum to try and get something. It's only ever parents. Uh, and yeah, in this case, it's usually moms. Uh, I don't get many dads of autistic kids. Because even yesterday, uh, the dad was the first person we spoke to, but he didn't bring it up. It was the mom that came back in yeah. and brought it up. Um, and I get it. But it does seem to be a thing that moms keep telling me their child's autistic and that they need special treatment.
1: Yeah, and I don't know if we're looking at it. I mean, we we couldn't change store policy. We can't change what we had done. But I don't know if we're looking at it from a different angle because of when we were children, we didn't know, and no one knew about us. So I, I don't know whether it's just because, uh, for example, when I was having a meltdown when I was younger my parents wouldn't have known it was a meltdown and would have just assumed it was, I guess, a tantrum or an overreaction or something and would have just sort of left me until I'd calmed down. And I don't know if that has helped me now because it means that now I don't have meltdowns as often over sort of little things because I sort of, as I was growing up, was just taught that that's, you know, like, if I, I'll just be left until I calm down. I don't know if that, I don't know if it's helped, because I kind of feel like it has. I I I worry sometimes that if you, uh, if I had been treated, if I, every time I had a meltdown when I was younger over little insignificant things, and I was treated in a way that was suggesting like, that it was okay or been trying to calm down, then maybe I would have brought the same level of meltdowns into my adult life of just... Because a lot more can go wrong when you're an adult and you don't have your parents to, you know, like, help you out. Not that my parents wouldn't help me out, but, you know, I live far away from them and I live on my own and I pay my own bills and things like that. I think it would worry me that I would have more meltdowns. I don't know. All right, well, know. maybe...
0: Maybe we don't talk about the topic that we were going to do, which was the myths and misconceptions of Asperger's. Maybe we'll do that next week. But this week, maybe then, um, I suppose we can talk about, like, I suppose the pros and cons of being kept away from stuff or not being exposed to things. Because, like, obviously, I thought about this yesterday with this, this woman um, and her child. Yeah. Um, and I know after she'd left I mean you had a chat about it uh, like briefly. Like I was thinking like you can't protect somebody on the spectrum from meltdowns. Like no matter what they're happening. Yeah. Um, I suppose she was trying to limit them. Um,
1: yeah and I, I can see like uh, I, I can understand that as a mother or a parent of someone on the spectrum obviously you don't want to see your child suffer and you don't want to see your child upset and especially if it's a regular occurrence of meltdowns probably you're just almost like a little bit exhausted like I can understand wanting to keep the meltdowns to a minimum but equally yeah as you say you can never stop them and if you do I I don't know. I don't know if what I'm saying is right. I don't know whether it's just because I got older, it, you know, I learned that I can't have a meltdown every time I go to the supermarket and they haven't got what I want to buy. Or whether it's because when I was younger, if I'd had a meltdown over that, uh, my, I mean, one of the things my mum used to do when I was having a really bad meltdown was just sit me on a chair. She'd, pull out one of the dining room chairs up into like the middle of the living room and sit me on the chair and just make me stay sat on that chair until I'd stopped and then once I'd stopped she'd let me off the chair and that was it but she didn't um like she'd leave the room while I was doing it she wouldn't be sit me on a chair and you know like calm me down or anything like that I'd just be sat on the chair until I'd calm down and then that would be it I don't know whether that's helpful or not.
0: Did you ever do that with your sisters?
1: Not that I remember. I mean, my sisters are both older than me. Um, like, one of my sisters is seven years older, one's nine years older. So I suppose um, they were probably too old for me to remember if they did that. But I never remember it happening with my sisters. So there's no point in my life that I remember my sister's being sat on a chair to calm down. But I definitely remember that it happened with me. And on reflection, I would say it happened with me when I was having a real meltdown. Like, I'm not sure that it was a tantrum or just me being upset. From what I remember, it was hysterical crying and just being completely out of control. And I think, yeah, that was when I was having meltdowns.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um... Yeah, because I, I like, so I mean, like, same with the thing yesterday. Um, if the dad, when he brought the thing in to try and get it refunded, had said before he did it, by the way, if you don't do this, my son's on the spectrum and he will have a meltdown. So he's autistic. He needs this swapping. Uh, and you just need to do it. You need to, you know, not follow what procedure is what we're supposed to do uh and do it like would that have made any difference because i don't know it seems weird that he's had the meltdown so even if we had have done it after she told me and gone oh i didn't realize he was autistic i didn't realize having a meltdown bring it back we'll do it um he still would have had the meltdown so like it's not like it reverses it they still happened so I'm not sure. I'm not sure what what was achieved by telling us after. I Feel like it would have been more effective to tell us before if they were really trying to protect their son from having one. You know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just I don't know if because obviously, if somebody grows up and they're completely shielded from meltdowns all the time, so everything that you they learn what the triggers are of their child. And protect them from all the meltdowns they could possibly have. What happens when they become an adult and they don't have
1: that's the, what, what, yeah, that's their what parent about?
0: And there isn't someone stopping them from having the meltdowns. And they... I don't know if it's better for them to experience stuff that will cause them to have meltdowns when they've got a parent there who can be with them. I mean, I suppose in your case, your mom in the chair. Yeah. Or like if it's a parent that knows the child's on the spectrum, they understand that meltdowns are going to happen but just you know learn the ways to deal with them like the like deep pressure therapies or the things that calm people down there's quite a few people that are on the spectrum that have meltdowns that there is a way to get them out of them quicker uh you just need to learn what they are for the particular person you know or, or dealing with uh like i said with your in your case deep pressure seems to be the one stop you for get you out of them quicker
1: yeah definitely
0: So I think learning stuff like that helps, but I'm not sure about trying to protect somebody on the spectrum from meltdowns completely their entire life because, yeah, eventually there's going to come a point where they stop and they become an adult. So unless they're going to live with their parents forever, um, and their parent will always have to be with them for everything, but or if they do become adult and move out and do stuff, they they have to figure out their own things. Like, I mean, obviously I live on my own. So do you. Uh, I don't have, like, the protection. Uh, and there's loads of situations that I find myself in all the time where they're, they're a nightmare and everybody else just copes. You know, everybody else is yeah. not a big deal and I know I'm struggling. Um, and it's just that self-awareness of knowing I'm struggling. But I think that's down to the fact that I grew up not diagnosed um you know I didn't get diagnosed I was in my mid-20s so you know I, I went till then just experiencing stuff that would cause me meltdowns that were massively stressful and uh caused me a lot of anxiety and just learned my own like mechanisms and ways to deal with them and like that kind of thing so now I don't really need support, I don't really have support I mean I have a social worker but I don't ever see her like I haven't seen her in months you know like my family are available like on the phone but I don't live anywhere near any of them um so like I don't have the same protection or support at all but I don't know if that's because I've gone undiagnosed my entire life and because of that I have taught myself how to just deal with stuff um or I don't know if it's just my particular version of Asperger's has made me be this way. It's hard to tell, but I don't know if I grew up diagnosed really young if I'd have been kept away from everything, not having to deal with anything, and you know had been basically anything that came up that I understood was bad for me or would have been a trigger just for uh, like my mom to have like kept me away from all of it um and you know done what other parents have done I'm saying my kid's autistic so he's not going to understand this you need to do this you need to do this for him or this happens I don't know how I would be now um I don't know if I'd be the same or if I'd be completely different and find that even though I understand my Asperger's I imagine if I got diagnosed young I'd understand my Asperger's in a way that is way more detailed and way more, like, I would get it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It would be... it would be, I'd understand it way more than I do. Um, but then... Which means I'd probably be able to isolate myself from everything that I know is going to be bad for me. But... Would that make it better or worse? You know, would... It's, it's hard to tell. I suppose because Asperger's now is a... Is a common thing. And I think there's only... There's a starting to be a wave of people that are in their late teens, early twenties that were diagnosed as children, uh, that were diagnosed when they were like four. So I guess I only be able to tell by how that generation of people on the spectrum ended up, because I feel like everyone in my generation and obviously previous ones are different. You know, we've had to just live normally, yeah, uh, in the NT world without any anybody telling us that we were on the spectrum so we have just had to you know live by NT rules live an NT life um and I don't know if not knowing that you're on the spectrum and living an NT life is different than knowing you're on a spectrum and having like I guess changes made so your life is less NT I don't know what the impact of that is um Because obviously if I had a meltdown when I was a kid about something like what this woman's child experienced, it would just be seen as a tantrum. Yeah. And I would have just been told that's life. Yeah. Uh, And these things happen. And uh, there's no need to get this upset about it. Uh, Which obviously when you tell that to somebody on the spectrum, it's hard for them to come out of the meltdown because it's involuntary and it can't really be controlled. But after you've had the meltdown, uh, you do think... Did I overreact?
1: Yeah, I wonder if um, because of being told like when I was younger, being told you are overreacting or that was an overreaction. Because I I do remember quite vividly that I would just calm down, and then feel fine and feel like oh why was I upset over whatever I was upset over. I do remember that feeling, and my mum before I could get off the chair would come and like say to me what's what's going on and we'd be like, I'm fine now. That was and she'd be like, yeah, that was a bit a bit much. I do um I wonder if that's why now as an adult, whenever I have a meltdown, I always afterwards feel just a bit stupid. Like as soon as I'm done with the meltdown, I always think like, Well that was unnecessary or why was I acting like that? And it is pretty much instant. As soon as the meltdown stops, I think oh my god, like how embarrassing, what a big deal I made over nothing, and I don't know whether that level of being a little bit embarrassed and, um, ashamed of having meltdowns comes from them not being accepted when I was younger, because, like, I was told that I was overreacting, so I don't know if that's a, I guess that would be a con of not knowing, uh, because, As a child, I was told, like, that was overreacting, that was bad, that was naughty. And now, as an adult, I feel the same way. I I look at meltdowns in the same way. I always, every single time, I can't think of one time that I've had a meltdown and thought that was an okay reaction to that situation. Never. Every time I have them, I feel really embarrassed afterwards. I feel like I have to apologise to anyone around me. And, yeah...
0: Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know if um, I don't know if people that were diagnosed when they were young um, have meltdowns, and obviously were raised to tell that they're perfectly natural and acceptable behaviour for somebody on the spectrum that they don't have that after. They don't have the realization that um, it doesn't. It's not. It's not something that can be controlled, and it's totally fine. Like in my instance, if I'd have taken something back to a store, say, and I really needed it swapped, and I got it swapped, well, I mean, so they wouldn't swap it, and they told me that, that nothing was going to be done about that, and I had a meltdown because of it. I think once I came out of the meltdown, I just feel like it's fine. Like you know, it it it. Suppose it's it's one of those things. Like that is what they're. Rules are you know, and I agreed to that, so yeah. fine, um but i don't know if if I was diagnosed as a child and raised to believe that meltdowns were acceptable and a normal behavior of those on the spectrum, if i'd have then gone into a shop told i couldn't have something have a meltdown i don't know if my frame of mind wouldn't be calmed down is one of those things i don't know if my frame of mind would be. Okay, so that just caused me to have a meltdown. So I've obviously been wronged in some way because that wouldn't have happened otherwise. Because obviously my meltdowns are a trigger of an over-emotional response to something. Um, Obviously that's not the case for everybody, but for some people meltdowns are just literally a wave of emotions all happening at the same time. Just from one thing not going the way they want um for me my meltdowns are a build-up of things so my meltdowns work on the basis of it's a build-up of different things over and over again um yeah so i don't know if i was diagnosed and had the meltdown i just think well i've obviously had it for a reason they've obviously done something wrong because i wouldn't have had a meltdown i've been told these are the rules to things before and it hasn't resulted in a meltdown so something weird's happened here and i don't know if that would make me pursue what i wanted more You know, like maybe put in a complaint or write to head office or, you know, that kind of thing because I feel like it triggered a meltdown and that means that something bad has happened. I don't know if it would be different if I was diagnosed if I think that, whereas obviously now I just think I'm having a meltdown because I didn't understand the policy of the store and I didn't really think about it and I got it in my head that that is what they do and they definitely do it. And then when I got there my meltdown was just due to the fact that I thought something was going to happen that didn't happen. Uh, and that's what it was. But then, um, I think about like, my meltdowns, like I've said, are a buildup of things going wrong. So I never really have meltdowns over one thing. I've never had like a complete, uh, like easy time of things everything's gone well everything's going according to plan and then have one thing happen that causes me a meltdown it's never happened my meltdowns are always a series of events have of have caused it um but i don't know if that's because of the way i was raised so i do think that maybe the reason i'm like that is because obviously when things happened in the past that would have just triggered a meltdown straight away I was told it's not a big deal and don't overreact. And why are you throwing a tantrum about this one thing? This is a bit ridiculous. So I don't know if I do that a little bit now when things go wrong. So when things go wrong now in my head, I just go, it doesn't matter. Like, just get over it. Yeah. Um, And I just ignore it. And then it goes in, like, the back of my mind. And then something else happens and I'm all like, it doesn't matter. Just get over it. And then that's the next thing that's added to the first thing. <laughs> and I just keep doing that until eventually one thing happens where there's no room left you know the room where i just stored this stuff that i don't care about is full and i'm trying to put another thing in there and it won't go in so it's a meltdown you know yeah um whereas i suppose if i was raised to just let the meltdowns happen and accept that meltdowns were a normal thing of asperger's would i have one every time something went wrong Because there's not that part of me that tells me it doesn't matter, just get over it. Uh, I just think, no, it does matter. Like, you know, like if you're raised with someone that tells you that meltdowns are a normal part of being on the spectrum and you have to, you know, you, you just have them and that's that and they just let them happen. Does that mean that people on the spectrum that were diagnosed young and have now grown up will have them over everything, anything that happens, they'll have them because they were never raised to just be told to get over it you know yeah because obviously a lot of it is learned behavior and routine and like when we covered coping mechanisms uh you make your own so if your coping mechanism is meltdowns are a perfectly acceptable thing to be on the spectrum you will just have them all the time surely
1: yeah then equally like I do think is it better to have them or better to not because I find for me that I If something's bothered me, I'll ruminate over it to like an obsessive point of I'm thinking about it constantly. If I have a meltdown over it, that's it then and I'm done. And I don't feel the need to carry on obsessing over it. Whereas if I don't have a meltdown over it, I'll just carry on ruminating. So I don't know whether it could be better to have a meltdown but then be over it and not have that thing stored in your brain anymore or to not
0: yeah do you think meltdowns like kind of get rid of it kind of reset Yeah. so once you've had one you won't have one again about the same thing
1: yeah sometimes I feel like they almost like cleanse me
0: yeah I guess so I don't know um
1: I think it's different for you because you don't really have meltdowns anymore
0: no um but you kind of like end up comparing yourself to other people on the spectrum when stuff like that happens, so even though like had I have told this woman yesterday, well, I'm on the spectrum too, I'm also autistic um. I don't know what it would have achieved. No. I don't know. I don't know why I almost tell her, but I almost told her. Uh, but I don't know what would have happened had I have said it. I don't know. She wouldn't have gone. Oh, okay, then that's fine, and just left. I can't see that being the end result of me telling her. Um, and I'm not sure why I went to tell her. I don't know what in my head made me think that that would make the situation better if I told her. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I don't know what what would have come of it.
1: What I found really strange about it, and I mean, this is maybe off topic for the podcast, but I just didn't understand this. Her husband, when he came in, I spoke to him and I was the one who told him that he couldn't get what he wanted. Yeah, And it was me and he didn't speak to anyone else but me. But then when she came in, she pointed you out and wanted to talk to you. And that was the thing I found really odd because she said that because of you, her son was out having a meltdown, and I can understand that because it was me.
0: Yeah, I wasn't involved in it.
1: Yeah, I did find that confusing. But yeah, that might be a side. That was just a side thought. um
0: but yeah, I don't know. I don't know if, I don't know what me telling her would have achieved. I don't know if I was looking for, like, oh, I'm going to do this again, whichever. Empathy? Is it empathy? Sympathy. Oh, uh, for God's sake. Right. Sympathy. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if I thought in telling her she'd because obviously she was trying to use her son's autism as a way for me to change my mind and make a different make allowances. So I don't know if I kind of thought if I throw it back at her about me, she'll not be as like aggressive or, you know, what I mean, like the way she was. Yeah. I don't know if, if it, that would have made a difference. Um, But for some reason, it felt like I wanted to use it. Um, but I always feel like I'm being compared to other people on the spectrum anyway. So I don't know if... I don't think it's when it's like autism to autism. But when I've ever told... When I've told someone who's got a friend, relative, whatever, uh, that's on the spectrum, and I go, me too. And they say, well, I don't think you've got it as bad as they do. Or you must have a mild... Mm. A mild version of Asperger's. Um, I do... It does always, like, offend me a little bit when it happens. Um, And it could have happened yesterday if I told this woman. She could have said, well, obviously, like, my son's got it worse than you. Because people see me, like, at work, behind a counter, doing a job. And obviously we have other people come in that are older that don't work. um, Two people in particular that come into the store all the time and don't work and make a big thing of saying, we can't have a job, we've got Asperger's. They don't know that I'm on the spectrum, and I never really tell them. But they they always do this thing of like, well, we'd love to have a job, but we've got Asperger's, so we can't work. Um, and I I never say anything because um, it just becomes a competition of who's the most disabled once you get involved in that kind yeah. of thing anyway. And I don't want to involve myself with it, so I don't. But it does always make me think like, do they have a point? Do I not have it as bad as other people? And like you said, like you have meltdowns quite regularly. I don't. Uh, And that's just because I have kind of taught myself how not to have them a little bit. I'm not like completely like impervious to it, but um, it's less likely for me to have one than I would say most people on the spectrum. But that's just because I've taught myself loads of techniques to not have them. So, I mean, like you said, it's been nearly a year now since I've had one um which is the I think the longest period I've ever gone without one but I've kind of mastered like how to not have one but it, it still people still like I suppose make that comparison um and like I say it's very rare that you find somebody on the spectrum who will talk to you and me and you have never compared which one of us has it worse or anything like that no. we've never had that conversation <laughs> But I do feel like when I bring it up about me to anyone, they always just do the, ah, yeah, but do you? Do you know what I mean? And yeah. I always find that a bit annoying. I always find that a bit insulting that they go, but do you? Like, you don't seem like you do. Like, I, I know other people that are on the spectrum uh, and they're not like you at all. So are you sure you do? Like, maybe you were misdiagnosed. Maybe you don't. Yeah. Um, And yeah, I I don't know why I would have mentioned it to this woman yesterday. I always feel like sometimes when I mention it to parents that I also have Asperger's. I kind of want to do it as the, uh, like, not in an arrogant like or egotistical way, but I kind of just want to do it like, look at me. I'm the same as your son. And I'm here and I'm doing a job and, you know, I'm able to like maintain a normal life. I kind of want to do it in a sort of like it won't always be this way. You know, like your child is having a hard time now. And I imagine as a kid, it was harder to deal with for me anyway, in general. Um, I imagine my childhood was the same. I think I used to have like loads of meltdowns and tantrums and that kind of thing. And used to smash stuff and that kind of stuff. So I do sometimes want to tell parents as a sort of like as a sort of relief to them almost of like it'll get easier as they get older. Because there's loads of people that I see on social media and Facebook and that kind of thing who either think I've heard some people claim that they're cured of their Asperger's. um, But or I've had people go the other way of going. I thought I was cured, but then I've realized I'm not. Yeah, we've had some people message us on our group saying the same thing, that they thought that it had just gone away. Yeah. Um. But what you don't realise, I guess, is that as you get older, you just learn to live with it a lot better than when you were a child. When yeah. you're older, you just invent your own coping mechanisms, techniques, whatever, to deal with it. Um. And you don't when you're a child. So I, sometimes I want to tell parents as a sort of like, uh, don't worry. Like, it, I don't think they'll always be like this. But then sometimes I just want to tell them as a sort of, like, don't use that as a bargaining chip or as some way to, like, exploit me into doing what you want. I feel like in me telling them about me, I have... They understand that I understand what they're saying, like, completely. Uh, But then that also means that I'm not going to budge either. Yeah.
1: um, Yeah. I think the if we're talking about, like, pros and cons of being diagnosed early, these, young know, uh, late, or whatever, I, th- I would say a pro of being diagnosed early, and I don't know if this is the case, because, obviously, we weren't. So I don't have anything to go off, but what I imagine a pro would be is being more comfortable with the fact that you're autistic. Like, I... One feel uncomfortable. I mean, partly because I'm not diagnosed, but also because uh, I don't know. Just I, I feel, I feel slightly uncomfortable with uh, appearing different. Not as much as you, but I still feel it. Like I don't want to appear like, for lack of a better word, like a weirdo or like different. You know, like yeah. that's something that you don't want to appear as. But also just. Um, just kind of sometimes I when I'm really struggling with something when I'm like on the verge of having a meltdown or when I uh, like when something's changing because if there's one thing that I really really struggle with it's change when change is happening I have the worst mood swings about it because I go through waves of being like this change is absolutely fine and then like two seconds later I can be on the verge of having a meltdown because I think like I can't deal with this change and I just flick like a light switch back and forth and it's times like that that I really hate that I can't deal with it and I get really frustrated and I think like I just don't want this anymore like I just want to be NT and there's NT people that feel the same way about change anyway so it wouldn't necessarily make a difference but I imagine if you're diagnosed young you've got this acceptance of it, that you maybe don't have if you're older, not for everyone, I imagine there's people that diagnose diagnosed young that don't have that, and there are people that are diagnosed uh, when they're older, that are totally accepting of it, but I feel like probably just in the more common cases, you'd be more accepting of it if you've always known, whereas I don't feel very accepting of it,
0: no, I know what you mean. Uh, I think there's like better, there's better like guidance, I guess, if you're diagnosed young. Um, I've always thought about like what would have happened or where I'd be now if I was diagnosed younger. Uh, I think because if you know, you can understand it at an early age. Like it can develop with you as opposed to you developing it based on what's happening to you. Yeah. Um. And I think you grow up to be, you know, like you learn what your burger strengths and weaknesses are, what works for you, what doesn't. Um, And then you, I guess, pick paths or decisions in life that are friendly to it or work with it, you know. Whereas... I suppose when you're not diagnosed you just kind of guess. You kind of just go into stuff thinking, oh, I don't know, this is going to go or you don't try stuff because you know that it's not going to work or you're too like anxious to. But I guess if you're diagnosed young when you try new stuff, you have like some sort of support or changes made, you know, so you could do it. It's like you going through uni me going through uni um that kind of thing. Like I imagine there's guidance through school. Uh, as to what you want to do because like in my case when I was in school and you see like careers advisors and that kind of thing and they tell you what you want to do as someone on the spectrum I don't have a gut feeling yeah um, I don't have one it's something I've never had I am horrible at making decisions because I don't have something in me that tells me which is the right decision which is the wrong decision so when I come to any sort of decision making I literally just guess I think I'm yeah. just 50-50. I try and weigh it up strategically of like pros and cons, but then you run into the like obstacles that people on the spectrum have. So like being able to do hypotheticals is a difficult one. So trying to pick what would happen. So if you think about the decisions of both, if you think about what would happen if you did one or if you did the other, and try and predict the future, basically, yeah, of what could happen, I'm not good at that. I can't weigh up which is the best decision to make. I can't decide on what it is and I don't have a feeling of I'd be good at that or I like this or that kind of thing. So picking a career choice or that kind of thing is difficult because there's nothing in me that says, well, I'd really like to do that or I think I'd be good at this. I don't get that. So what I have to do is just randomly try stuff and see what happens. Um, But I don't know and like it was in school like when you have careers guidance and every time I sat with a careers advisor and they said what do you want to do I'd just be like I don't know I'd get it in my head that the careers advisor's job was to tell me what I'd be doing Uh, and they don't do that they just sort of ask you what you want to do which would always I'd always be like I don't know and it was like well what are you good at I don't know Uh, what can you see yourself doing I don't know do you want to be like front of house or in the background I'd be like what are examples of that And they'd give, like, basic examples, and I'd just be like, I don't know. Uh, So it never went anywhere. So, like, you find it difficult. I kept trying to make other people make my decisions for me, like parents, friends. used to be like, what do you think I should do? Or, if you were me, what would you pick? Uh, And those that didn't answer would just always go, I don't know, Uh, I'm not you. Uh, But those that were stupid enough to answer... Yeah, I just do what they said. So if they just went, if I was you, I would go to college. I just feel like good college. That's where I'm going. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if like if you're diagnosed young, I don't know if there's help with that. I don't know if they work it out for you.
1: Yeah, I also think maybe there's I and again I don't know, and it definitely depends on what country you live in as well and your education system. But I don't know if there'd be more uh, help with education because I know for me um I was fine uh at school school and I know not everyone is but I was fine at school up until a level uh because at a level I don't know what that is elsewhere in the world but for me at a level so when I was uh, like 16 to 18 um I really struggled because at that point the work wasn't like taught to you it was more self-study and learning it yourself and there was more coursework and things like that and um I couldn't do it like I struggled so much and I went from being quite clever and always doing quite well to really not doing that well and being like below average and I couldn't work it out like in my head I just thought that I'd got dumber which I kind of felt like why have I got why am I doing so badly and really struggling and I think it was just because it was a way of being taught that I wasn't suited to my learning which applies to NT people as well because everyone has a different way of learning and being expected to all learn in the same way is difficult but I don't know if if you're diagnosed younger you do get more help with education um which would have been something I'd have been grateful for I don't I don't know though
0: Yeah, uh, I think I think there is. I think you do. Yeah. Um, Like my entire like academic life. So, you know, I always got below average grades, like all my grades were rubbish. Um, But I was always told like in parents evenings and like that kind of thing that I was intelligent and that I should be doing really well and I should be in the higher sets of like every course and that kind of thing. And they kept saying, like, we don't get why he's not and we don't get why he's choosing to be disruptive or, you know, to not concentrate in lessons or basically all the stuff that my Asperger's was making me do. Um, But I'd always just get people saying, like, he could do better, but won't do better. And they said they found it frustrating trying to teach me because they said that they knew I could get it, but I just didn't want to get it uh and it was the same thing all the time I was always told that like just needs to apply himself could be really good but won't do and it was like that all the way through school and then all the way through college and then all the way through uni I was always told that uh I could easily do better but they just felt like I was either lazy or just uninterested in it um so I think like if I was diagnosed younger I probably would have had somebody in lessons with me um you know helping me like yeah pay attention yeah or stay focused or if I didn't actually understand something I didn't want to make out especially for the whole class understood it but the way it'd been worded was too confusing and I was trying to work it out and couldn't they just ask me if I got it and I'd say yes and then they would go well what is it then and I'd answer it and it would be wrong. And they'd just sort of go, so you weren't listening? And I'd be like, no, I was. And then it was like, well, you weren't because everybody else understands. You don't understand. Yeah. Everybody else was listening. You weren't listening. And I'd just be like, no, I was listening. I just, that is the answer. And they'd just be like, well, no, it isn't the answer because you weren't listening. And I'd just get into these like full-on rows with teachers where I know I was listening and I know that what I've said is what I think it is. Uh, and they would just argue with me because they thought that I was smart and so I was just choosing to be difficult. They, you know, like say I wasn't somebody that was like that intelligent or someone that just seemed to not be able to absorb information in any way or form. Yeah. They'd probably accept that I didn't know the answer to something, but they just felt like I, of all people, should know the answer. Yeah. And the fact that I keep giving the wrong ones, they just thought I either just wasn't paying attention all the way through school or I just was choosing to know the right answer but give out the wrong ones just to disrupt the class. Yeah. Um, And I feel like if I was diagnosed, there'd be an explanation for that. Uh, And and same with uni. And Like like I said, my degree, even though I've got – I know I've got a degree, but, like, it's such a low-level degree that I just never use it. I never bring it up. I never tell anyone. I'm a little bit embarrassed by it. So I never really, like, say to anybody I've got a degree. Uh, And – i never would ever tell anybody that it was what grade it was. Uh, and I had like the lowest degree of everybody on my course because everybody, when they got their degrees were all like comparing them and talking about them. Uh, and I was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got one. I passed it. It's fine. And they're just like, what is it? And I was like, Oh, is that the time I'm off? You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, but, yeah, like, once again, I, I don't know if, if I'd have been diagnosed. But then if I'd have been diagnosed, I imagine I would be be doing completely, I would have done different, like, GCSEs. I would have done yeah. a different college course, different uni, different everything. Uh, because I'd have had someone going, why are you picking this? This isn't for you. Um, so, yeah, it would it would be completely different. And maybe, like, I'd have a job now that wasn't... I mean, obviously what I do for a living is not what I want to do for a living. Yeah. Um, but I was thinking about it the other day that the reason i picked retail is because of my whole wanting to appear NT and appear normal and like pretend like I'm not on the spectrum. Um, I figure that's why I've picked retail, because I'm always in like the public eye. I'm always yeah. like seen by the general public all the time. Uh, and I think it's just an ability to be out in public and have no one know that I'm on the spectrum, like yeah. even our own staff. So I feel like that's why what's, what's kept me in retail is not because I'm good at the job or like the job. It's just it's exposure time to the rest of the world to appear not autistic. Yeah. Um, which is still something I do. It's still one of my big coping mechanisms is to make NT people believe that I'm what they are uh and that's how i that's how i survive i guess that's how i get through like the day to day is to not appear autistic at all yeah um but i suppose if i'd have been diagnosed as a kid i wouldn't want to hide it i wouldn't have hid it yeah i would have tried to keep it where it was which would have got me noticed more which if i mean obviously when i was a kid it was like mid 80s to like early 90s when i first started going to school so um, there wasn't anything in place anyway I wouldn't have had support because there wasn't support I'd have to have been born much later on for me to get support, it's not like had anyone noticed I had Asperger's when I was that young at that time and that they would have gone oh cool here's a support network there would have been nothing anyway Yeah. so it is what it is, Like I don't really blame anyone for, I mean actually I blame university a little bit for not noticing because by the time I got to university everybody knew what it was that was in education, it was knocking around Uh, I think there was somebody on my course that did have Asperger's that had help. You know what I mean? So I knew it was there. But I think, like, I don't really blame anybody in school for it. But I do think, like, had I been diagnosed when I was a child uh, and if there was a support network, like, I would be completely different now. I think my traits, everything would be completely different because I wouldn't have been misunderstood all the time. I wouldn't have been in trouble all the time. And I wouldn't have tried to be like everyone else as a way of trying to keep myself out of trouble
1: yeah I definitely I think it's difficult to say uh what would be better because we only know one thing we can't do hypotheticals and I don't think I don't think there's a right or a wrong I think if you spot it in your child and you get it diagnosed young I think that's like brilliant I think Because in a way, like, I feel like that would be better. There is a lot of kind of frustration that comes from getting diagnosed late. And then looking back at your life and going, oh, that's why I did that. And if I'd known then, I wouldn't have done that. And I wouldn't have made myself do that. And maybe so that I think in terms of there is almost like a regret to not knowing for me. And I know for you, there is this weird, but if i had known if i had only known it would have been different i was I,
0: angry for a long time after getting diagnosed yeah. with not myself just with everybody else yeah that just let me live a life that was not right you know? yeah i i went through that for a long time once i got diagnosed i was just livid with every like institution and like whatever i've been involved with that just let me go on as normal I hated that it had taken so long for anybody to realize this in me and I did think I did almost think like even though I was in my mid-20s at the time and I'm in my early 30s now that it was too late to do anything about it that my life I'd done all the key moments in my life that should have required a diagnosis yeah Uh, and therefore I'm stuck like this now Uh, and this is what it is yeah so like oh, yeah. I had that and I like really wanted a diagnosis when I was younger um because I feel like things would have worked out better
1: yeah um that's like that
0: now but yeah. that's for I think for a good year I was just angry with like every school I'd been into every teacher I'd seen like every job I'd had I just hated everybody that just let me struggle yeah uh, and didn't help me with anything uh, it's different now, like I've I've kind of accepted it but yeah, I know what you mean whereas I do think like young diagnosis would have been better um, but then yeah, like you said, we don't do hypotheticals so I'm just trying to think that everything now is not how I wanted it to be so I just think like I'm uh, being diagnosed as a child was the thing that most ha- should have happened but yeah. like you said, like I, I don't know that for sure uh, and I'm not saying either way is better or worse, both have their
1: pros and cons. Yeah. yeah.
0: But I do I did want to think I should have been diagnosed younger.
1: Yeah, like I imagine we'd both be different people. Yeah. Whether it would be better or worse. I don't know. I don't know. It's just uh it's the sort of thing that I think we discuss sometimes. Um definitely we have discussed it more in the past, uh, and I thought, yeah, I think it's been interesting to discuss. Like I say, I don't think I don't think there is a right or a wrong. No. Um. Yeah, I don't know, because I know my mum said that she thought she always thought I was on the spectrum, and I think for her the main reason for not pushing for a diagnosis or anything was, I think she sort of thought that I'd grow out of it. Yeah. I kind of think that was her mentality. Like I've never really asked uh, past her saying that, but I think that's kind of what she thought. And I think they my parents do think that I've grown out of it because I'm an adult now and when you're an adult, you do behave differently to things. Like I I you don't really see it in me, but I I know it's there. Do you know what I mean? Like I know it's there in social situations. There's times where I'm being quite social and you probably wouldn't know that there was anything up. But in my head, I think, I I need to get out of this. This is stressing me out. But you can't tell because on the surface I look fine. Um, and I think that is what my parents didn't recognise. I don't know. But yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I know what you mean. Um, if you if you seem normal in a social situation, everyone's just carrying on doing what they're doing and you're carrying on you're doing what you're doing. But then obviously it pushes you like past the limit you could deal with and then you just have like an outburst. Yeah. Uh and for anybody that's not you, and everybody that's having that conversation with you, they don't see it coming. They just think she's fine, she's fine, this is great. And then you just freak out and then it's like, what just happened? Yeah. Uh they don't see the build up. They don't know that it's coming. Uh and you know it is, but you're trying to avoid it from happening, but then you lose control of it and it happens. But to everybody else, it just looks like you just had a random outburst. Um, But even with, like, a diagnosis when I was young, and even with, like, doing what I do now, it still wouldn't help me in a sense of it's not something that's visible. That's the thing with autism, and I suppose it's different to other disabilities, is it's not like I'm in a wheelchair or something like that. Something that people could just look at you and go, oh, you know, he's different. Yeah. So it's still, for me, it's still difficult for life in general because i still look the same as everybody else and i still most of the time behave the same as everybody else so at this point it doesn't really make a difference because what am i supposed to do like even if i did tell like my bosses higher ups i've got it like it's not like i could have support at work it's not like i could have someone come in and like be with me yeah. the whole time while I work. So Yeah, that's true. It's still it's still the same for me now than it would have been. Um and this is like what we're saying like at the start of this, where like this child has his mom now protecting him from stuff. But there's gonna come a point where he's on his own. Like even if I'd have gone and done a college course or a uni course that was better suited or did better in school because I had the help, there'd still come a point where I'd be by myself. I'd be doing a job by myself. You know, it's still like, it's not like in work, in school, you can have like the support, but you can't have it in work. They can make changes, but you can't have someone sit with you and help you do your job. Yeah. Um, I guess you just pick a job that's better for you. Yeah. But so still now, like it still irritates me that I am not NT, um, but I'm being spoken to by people that think I am and they expect me to do things that I can't do you know like if someone's just telling you something and they want you to sympathize uh with them yeah and I can't so I don't uh but then that just to them that's I'm giving bad customer service because I'm not seeing it from their point of view that's sympathy right yeah right uh yeah I'm not seeing it from their point of view and so I'm just bad at my job but like what do i then do do i then just go oh sorry but i'm on the spectrum uh, and i can't so i don't know maybe you need to talk to somebody else in this store that's not me because i can't help you but then i don't know where that goes like do am i expecting sympathy from them they go oh you know this little autistic fellow behind the counter here like can't help me like yeah, good for him for getting a job though you know when you get that kind of like that almost like patronizing yeah like well done well done you like you're doing a fine job you know I I don't know if I expect them to just turn to completely normal and go oh really oh you know like uh, well you do you're doing all right like this isn't this isn't you doing that wasn't bad like you know that's yeah. fine and then they move on to someone else if that's got to happen then should I be there yeah Like, do you know what I mean? If I can't do the job without having to bring it up to get myself out of situations I can't deal with, should I be doing this job in the first place? Yeah. Like, it it makes you ask those sort of questions. But then if I don't do this job, what am I going to do? Yeah. Because, like I said, my qualifications, my education and my general people directing me in life has really been wrong. So I, at this point, have nowhere to go because I don't know what to do. So I just stay in the job I'm in. But if I have to keep using my Asperger's as a way to get me out of stuff, like then what am I doing? Yeah. It does make me think about stuff like that uh, on the regular, really. That I just think like, do I have to keep throwing it about? And I've never mentioned it to a stranger yet. I've never said to somebody, sorry, but I have Asperger's too. This woman yesterday was the closest I've ever got to doing it. Had she have hung around, she didn't know. She just walked out. I said, well, I'm actually, and then she just went, this isn't the last you've heard of me and left. Yeah. But if she'd have just stood there for two more seconds, it would have been the first time I'd have disclosed it to someone I just didn't know. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not sure how that would have worked out because we had a lot of new guys on. Uh, obviously, a lot of Christmas temps are working. And there's a good portion of people that work in our store that don't know that about me still. They yeah. don't know I'm on the spectrum and I would have just said it out loud in front of all of them as well. Would that have made them see me differently as their boss, you know? So it it could have been, I don't know if, it, like you say, it's one of those things where like, had I been diagnosed young, it would have changed everything. Had I have said it yesterday, would that change the way everybody in the store saw me? Everybody we work with saw me. Would it have changed anything with this woman? But like, there was a part of me that, was gonna do it it's not like I wanted to or thought about it It just for some reason in my head I just thought just tell her and I almost told her but like I don't know what would have happened had I have said it
1: yeah I'd be interested to um the people that are in our group and feel free to join the group if you're not uh but I'd be interested to hear from people that are listening like um what your experiences with things like this are like do you find that you tell people or do you find that you don't and does it help and like you just your thoughts on this whole topic because like it's there's kind of a learning curve for us as well and i i am sort of interested because i've never done it either and you've never done it telling a stranger but i'd like to know if um you find that helpful or relaxing or, or how it affects you or if you also choose to not and why you think that that is the choice you make. I don't know. Yeah. yeah I'd be interested.
0: But that is the end of the episode.
1: Yes. Next week we're going to do, Uh, like you said earlier, we're just going to talk about sort yeah. of like common...
0: Somebody ad- asked us on Facebook about... Uh, Things like Rain Man, uh, for those of you that have seen the movie, and like people that are portrayed as autistic in the media, uh, and how that makes you feel, and like what the common view is. So, what the people that don't know much about it but have heard it, what they think it is, and how really it's not that. Um, Yeah. Just what the misconceptions are about people on the spectrum. Because obviously, when you tell people you've got Asperger's and they don't really know what it is, they've only got off like. Stuff they've seen, or famous people in the media that are like usual fictional characters and that kind of thing, they sort of go, Oh, like Rain Man. And you just sort of go, No, not like Rain Man. You've not seen Rain Man, have you? No. No. So this is like, people that have listened to this, there's the way people who listen to this that have seen it, they know what I mean. Um, and yeah, it's just that when this it's kind of ties into this week, I suppose, because if you have a misconception or a you believe like some of the myths about Asperger's, and I tell you I'm on the spectrum and I've got Asperger's, you apply those misconceptions to me and assume that's how I am. Uh, And that's the same for everybody. So next week we're just going to talk about some of them uh, that aren't true and just how we're viewed by, I suppose, people that don't really know what it is uh, and how that has an effect is what we're going to do next week. But that's it for this week. Uh, yes. Thanks, everybody, for listening again. Uh, thanks, everyone, following our pages. Uh, yeah. our, I suppose, like, our group's getting bigger. Our pages get more subscribes all the time. And our podcast is growing, So which is great. Uh, like, really appreciate that. And if you could share this with people that you know that you think it might be useful for, or if you just want to share it to people you know, that know you and you want them to have a better understanding of Asperger's, is there any particular episodes we've covered that are relevant or... Um, what's the word I'm looking at is resonate the word yeah uh, with the with you and you want to show play it to somebody just to let them know how you really are or to understand you better that's great that's really what we want we're trying to just do this to get awareness and have people have a better understanding of what autism is well Asperger's in particular uh, So yeah if you think it will help anyone uh, then go for it because like obviously we want to get this out there at the moment yeah Uh, but yeah our facebook page is at them aspergers uh we have a twitter site that is being run by my mom at the moment so if you want to find us on twitter and follow that uh that would be great and yeah join our group uh there's a group on our them aspergers page uh you have to have it approved by me and Scarlett, but like i'm pretty good at checking that daily now and getting people in there yeah
1: thank you bye